Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. All right, welcome back to the Utah Puck Report. I'm your host, Jay Stevens. With me, as always... Hey, it's uh, Gary Michaels right here. Almost as always. Almost. Almost. Uh, Last week. Uh, Special guest today. We've got Tim Branham from the Utah Grizzlies. Tim, how are you? Doing pretty good. How are you? Good. Enjoying your summer? Yeah, I think so. Do you get a summer as a head coach in the ECHL? Um, Not really. There's always something going on. Right. Yeah. Like it's it's a full time job, but for sure, school teachers get to take you know like a month yeah, off. It's not like that. That's no. not like that. No, I mean okay. I'm always doing business on my phone. You just never know when it's happening, kind yeah. of thing. So right? you're you're the one guy that has a legit excuse to be staring at your phone all day. That's your job. That's kind yeah. of your job, right? Oh yeah, for sure. I yeah. just I just can't get enough Facebook, so I'm always on my. <laughs> as long as you're not having to post all the time. But now that we say that, I don't know what. Maybe somebody updated something really funny. Now now I'm jonesing to get back on my phone and see. <laughs> all right, so Tim, uh, you've been on the show before, but it was kind of, we did it at at location, and yep. not everybody got to hear it. So we're going to catch up, and we're going to find out more about you. Okay. And then we're going to pick your brain on on the East Coast League Let's and the Utah Grizzlies. Um, so you're from Wisconsin. Yep. Eagle River, Wisconsin. Eagle River. And you play, where, where did you play your youth hockey and how did you get out of Wisconsin? So I started out playing in Eagle River, uh, youth hockey. Um, and then our, our family moved. We ended up moving to Minocqua, which is just 30 minutes away. Um, but I played in Rhinelander for, for a couple of years there. So grade five, grade six, and grade seven, I played in uh, Rhinelander. Um, and then in grade eight, I moved down to Madison with my brother and my mom. We, we got an apartment down in Madison so that we could try out for the Madison Capitals, the AAA oh, yeah. team there. My brother's older than me. He's two years older than me. He made his team. I didn't make my team. So I just played AA there for the Southwest Eagles in, in Verona, Wisconsin, just outside of Madison. But I practiced with his team all year. Oh, nice. So it was awesome. Yeah, I got like oh, double wow. the ice time. Yeah, his coach was really cool. Um Brad Bice, I believe, is a dentist in uh, Madison. So if he's listening, how's yeah, it going? Cool. Thanks, thank you very much. I always appreciate that. Anyway, so practice with his team. And then the next year is when I went to Shattuck. So grade nine, I was at Shattuck. Nice. Uh, that's funny that I didn't know that yeah, about you. Because that's, no, yeah. that's such a big thing. There's about 10 of us from Utah that ended up at Shattuck. They had, there was a recruitment. They, they actually spent time here recruiting guys. And we got about 10 people went there. I didn't last there very long. I like, just could not afford it. But uh, that's kind of where I went from, like, the first time I'd ever been on the ice was my sophomore year at Murray High. I tried out for hockey and played that year, and then I went to Shattuck, 
and did a summer camp there, and then I was there for a few months of the actual season, and then just you yeah, know, I left with uh, I left with fees owed, if you will, yeah. <laughs> if you will, because that was it was expensive back a, then. It was like eighteen grand. Yeah, it was expensive school. But then um, Phil Snyder and Bo Garrett, Matt Green, um, Levi Clegg. There's a bunch of guys from here that went there. Levi and then Clegg, ended up, I, he was at school when I was there. Oh, was really? Yeah. yeah, I've heard he's that awesome. name before. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah, Levi. Yeah, so Levi's I'm from here. positive I know that name. Yeah, and then uh-huh. he he ended up at Cornell for a year and then ended up at Weber State. Yeah, yeah he went to Cornell. Yep. And then uh, ended up at Weber State. He was a grad when I played there. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, he's a great kid. And his family, you know. He's one of the guys that got out of here, and I'm forgetting the name of the guy that came and recruited it. Northern Minnesota guy runs camps there. Um, he's an sure. a, he's an agent too. But anyway, he was uh, Grillo. The Grillos were Dan, here. Dan. Oh, Grillo. Yeah, Chuck Roger Grillo, Grillo, Roger Grillo, Dean Grillo. Dean. Those guys were down, and they they did some recruiting. And that's so, anyway. That's that's that connect, That's yeah. One of those Grillos. I think it was Roger. I worked with him at USA Hockey camps. Yeah, over in Buffalo. Yeah, they're huge in USA yeah, Hockey, and they're huge time. now. Their big claim to fame is that they. They coached um, TJ Oshi, and yeah, yeah. they're kind of like his guy and his yeah. agent, and so yeah, so that's that's cool. That's we've got a real Shattuck connection here in Utah, yeah. and that was before Shattuck was really a a big known hockey, you know. Yeah, it was just like when I went there, it was just kind of up and like it was good. You yeah. knew it was good, but it wasn't what it was now. What right it is now. So you got to Shattuck, mm-hmm. and then what opportunities came after that? So my coach was uh, Craig Norwich. Yep. He went to Wisconsin, so he was my coach at Shattuck. He ended up leaving Shattuck the next year and starting a AAA team in Vail, Colorado. So he asked for me and my brother to go with him. So we went there, and we played played a midget team in, or played in a midget league in Vail there. That was really neat. Yeah. An annual ski pass if you go to Battle Mountain High School, oh, $110. What? Hundred and ten dollars is our annual ski pass in Vail. And that's wow. that cool that's amazing. Vail has that cool barn too, right? That's Yeah, it's got it's like in the city. Yeah. Vail's is right right smack in the city, yeah. And is it it's like all all the wood stars roof. used to, yeah. 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 The Dallas Stars I used to have training camp there. Love that place. That's right. I remember some of that because that was going on when we were when the Grizzlies were the affiliate for the Dallas Stars. Yeah. yeah, very cool. So you end up in Vail, Colorado. Vail, that's Colorado. That's just unheard for of a year. Yeah, that was really neat. Uh, and then from there, uh, I played in Danville, Illinois Yeah. For in the North American Hockey League. So back then, you had the North American Hockey League, you had the USHL, which you still do today, um, and then you had the America West Hockey League. Now the USHL is Tier 1, the North American Hockey League is Tier 2, but back then they were all kind of, all three leagues were kind of even playing ground. Supposedly the USHL was, was better. Right. But you'd always pick a, an all-star team called King of the Hill Tournament, the NAHL would pick an all-star team. The USHL would pick an all-star team. The America West would pick an all-star team, and you'd play in a tournament together. So I played in that one year, and we we won with in the North American League. We actually we beat the USHL in the in the finals. Oh that wow, was pre- that was pretty neat. That was a good tournament. So I was in Danville, uh, in the North American League, and then I wanted to play with my brother. My brother was in the USHL in Rochester, so I wanted to go there my next year because my coach left left Danville. I didn't really know who was coming in, um, so. I went to Rochester, and I didn't play a whole lot there. So that's my junior year. Wait, that's my senior year. I didn't play a whole lot when I was in when I was on that team. So I, I wanted out. You know, I ended up going to Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan, playing for Joey Sean, who's now the head coach at Michigan Tech. So I played for him and uh, for the Sioux Indians in the North America back in the North American League, and then uh, had a had a pretty good year. Played with like Ryan Miller there. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, we had, we had a good team there. Um, and then the next year I went back there for another half season, 
because after that King of the Hill tournament, uh, then I went to the OHL. Oh, wow. I did not yeah. know you went to the O. Yeah, so I played in the OHL for Barry and Guelph. Okay. So that first year, we could, we could talk all day about these stories, man. That my first year in Barry, that was the year uh, we got in trouble for putting a Russian underneath the bus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it was before 9-11. All right. Yeah, so this kid didn't have paperwork, and we didn't even know it at the time. This is all coming out later, years later, right? But we didn't know it at the time that he didn't have paperwork. Anyway, he'd get off the bus. He'd go underneath the bus. We'd cross the border. He'd come back out onto the bus. Wow. Because <laughs> anytime we'd go play in the U.S. Yeah. Right? And anyway. So Border was a little less secure then. <laughs> a little yeah. less, little less. Didn't really care back then before 9-11. Yeah. And the funny thing about that, so then our, our coach got in trouble for it. We never got caught. Another coach told on him. And uh, I'm not going to name any names there, but another coach told on him. And uh, uh, so came time to play in the finals. We were playing against Plymouth. Pete DeBoer was the coach. Oh, wow. Sp- Steve Spott was the assistant coach in Plymouth, right? Like, uh, is it St- uh, Justin Williams from Carolina? Like, he was on that team. Jeez. They were stacked, right? So yeah. we played them in the finals, um, and we ended up beating them game seven in the, in the final. But it was in Plymouth, so our coach couldn't come. So we'd practice in Windsor. We'd, <laughs> we'd cross the border without our, co- our other two coaches. We had, we had like, you know, big coaching staff, so other two coaches would coach, and then, and then we'd take the cup back to Windsor and celebrate it with uh, with. Bill Stewart was our coach's name. Great wow. coach, unbelievable coach. That's crazy. The things Bill's, that yeah, that's yeah. that's was, so funny wild. to those stories that you know the things that people used to do. Uh, I've you know I, a bunch just came to my mind, but there's no way I can tell them on the air right now. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. There's a bunch of other stories from that year, but yeah. we can't talk about. I can only them imagine. On so that, what yeah. cup was that you guys won? So it, that's the a, J. Ross Robertson Cup. So it's the OHL title. Okay. So then from the, so then we went to the Memorial Cup. Right. So that qualifies you for Memorial. Right. That's what so I was the say. Memorial, Memorial Cup was in Halifax. Yeah. So no, yeah. no border issues in Halifax. No, it's in, it's in Canada, so we were all good there. <laughs> yeah. We did, though. However, David Branch is the commissioner of the OHL, and uh, every commissioner gets up and says a speech. And we had a lot of issues with, with the commissioner. I don't even know what they were at the time, so, but we had a lot of issues for some reason. When he got up in the Memorial Cup, so when you get to the Memorial Cup, every team is there. Everybody's there to have a dinner. Like anybody who is, you know, belongs there, not fans or anything, but anybody, all the teams are there having dinner and the big wheels from the organizations, blah, blah, blah. When our commissioner got up to give a speech, our coach looks at us and says, everybody go, leave. And we're like, like this is a big dinner hall, like oh. a massive dinner hall. And we're like, what? He's like, go. So we all got up, left the room, and everyone's like, Wow! What are you guys what a doing? Statement, man. What are you guys Wilder. doing? Yeah, that's so we literally got up and walked away in the middle of the uh, the the Memorial Cup dinner. Jeez, lost in the finals to Ramuski, Brad Richards. Yeah, he's uh, going into that tournament. The going into the Memorial Cup tournament, he was on a sixty-seven game point scoring streak. Wow, Holy he God. was unbelievable. Yeah, that's amazing. Brad Richards. <laughs> it's that's the coolest thing is when you guys talk about playing in juniors and major juniors and. And the coaches that you had now, you know, there were junior coaches in, and kids you played against are now legends. Yeah, yeah. you know, NHL legends that everybody knows who they are now. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. Like people ask me, like, what's your favorite NHL team or whatever? Okay, Colorado now is my favorite NHL, right? <laughs> right. But like, I don't really have a favorite team to be honest. I just you just you watch players that you played with, yeah. you watch players you played against. That's what you do, you know. See, and I get a lot yeah. of I get a lot of crap because. Being from Salt Lake, you have to be an LA Kings fan right now, kind of. Yeah, or, yeah. you know, if you're a huge right. Avalanche or a Grizzlies yeah. fan, now you're an Avalanche fan. Yeah. Um, but Vegas was here, and Vegas has a Shattuck goalie uh, in their system, right? So, 
it was kind of fans of theirs and whatever, and because they're close and I get to go to games. So I one time I wear a, uh, a quarter zip that I got for my birthday, a little Vegas Knights quarter zip. And I get a few messages from people like, oh, I thought you were a true L.A. Kings fan. And I'm like, <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, you're right. not allowed to wear anything else. Yeah, I'm like, you know, yeah. I just – I have friends that play in the NHL yeah. and that I'm – you know, that may, that becomes the team I'm rooting for. I'm rooting for yeah. that guy because I know that guy. That's true. Like when the Kings were in it for the first time on my uh, senior league team, there was a guy that played. He was one of our better players. But we, he didn't come to our, any of our games that Trevor Lewis was playing in because he was home watching him wanted to support him. And so it was just like – Dude, yeah, can't record that game. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, uh, I need you tonight. <laughs> but yeah, it, yeah it's cool. it's funny because yeah. I don't really have a favorite team. And the funny thing is, is the re- I I'm more of a Kings fan because I love watching Jonathan Quick play than I, uh, I. I mean, I love Trevor, and I've known Trevor since he's freaking two years old. But it's really about you. Just I just pick a player yeah. that I really like to watch. Yeah, and I'm friends with Joe Pavelski, another your Wisconsin buddy there. And, yeah, and it's. So I was kind of rooting for them, and I kind of root for whoever. And now we have a former Utah Grizzly who's coaching in the Stanley Cup final. So I'm rooting for the St. Louis Blues because I want to see Steve Ott, who I got to e-bug with a lot of times. I, I got played to... against Ott in the OHL a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. Where did he play in the O? He was in Windsor. Oh, okay. He's a he is a character, and a oh yeah, he's a he's a good player. He's a funny guy, and he was always like we had. Um, that was one of those Dallas Stars years, and we had some amazing players mm-hmm. here. We had three goalies that ended up playing in the NHL that year. But it's crazy because we had three quality goalies, and I still ended up getting a lot of games because they were getting pulled yeah. up. And, you know, you had uh, Mike Smith, Jason Bakashwa, and Dan Ellis were all here that same year. And Mike Smith was third on that rotation. He ended up having the better mm-hmm. career out of everybody. But he uh, he got sent down to the East Coast League. I th- or, yeah, he got sent down to the East Coast League. And his first game got a shutout, and it scored a goal. And <laughs> he I'm was like, good handling yeah. puck. Yeah, he's really that's, still is. But, that's quite a start yeah. for a guy. Yeah, but uh, it was cool because we had Steve Ott and Trevor Daly, uh, John Erskine, guys that went on to play for a long time all, in the NHL. All those guys were in the OHL. Yeah, played, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Erskine, right. that guy's tough. He's a mean, mean dude. Yeah. And it's funny because Phil Snyder, who was on the show last week, we went into captain's practice at the Accord for the Grizzlies. They just call us and they, you know, have like 10 local guys. And then as the guys start coming into town, they, you know, the, the Grizzlies would play. And uh, Phil Snyder walked in and saw John Erskine and thought it was Bryce Manick, another <laughs> local guy, and just started chirping him right away. Like Phil just started laying into John Erskine. <laughs> Good luck. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> Phil, what are you doing? Because we go sit in the, like, the local corner away from the NHL draft picks. I'm like, Phil, why are you talking crap to John Erskine? He's like, oh, isn't that Bryce Manick? I'm like, no, that's the fighter that we just got. Like he's, And you're about to go on the ice with him, and you were just chirping him. But it was like Erskine respected him more because he chirped. There was no yeah. problem after that. But it was, fun. it was pretty Sorry, funny. It was they're a rough good, start. They're all good guys. All right, so – you get you get to play in the oh you 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 play for you play for the cup that's that, which is cool we just got to watch the the championship it was cool to see that, that yeah. the NHL carried that yeah uh, NHL network yeah um but then you're drafted yeah you get yeah. drafted by the Vancouver Canucks what in two thousand what yeah. happens with you after the draft and um after the draft you just go you know their development camps their rookie camps you go you know stuff like that go to their training camps um this was b- back before the salary cap era. Right, so um, they didn't always sign all their guys too. So I didn't get signed by by Vancouver. I ended up signing with uh, Calgary's farm team in Saint John, New Brunswick, and uh, play started after my junior career. Played pro out in there. 
Yeah, um, so there's St. John and then there's St. John's, John's in the yeah. same league. So St. John's <laughs> is, uh, well, now that St. John's is in our league now. Oh, okay. That's Newfoundland. That's the Newfoundland Growlers. That just won the championship. They just won the championship, yep. So St. John, with no S, New Brunswick. Um, yeah, they're actually, uh, they're a team in the, in the Quebec Major Junior League now. But yeah. that was a neat place. To, so when you live in St. John, it's cold there, by the way. Right. <laughs> really cold. But our first, I would say, five weeks of the season, we were all at home. All the all home games, okay, wow. and there was a bunch of us in the hotel. Well, the rink is connected to the hotel by a tunnel, and the hotel is is in the middle of a mall. So in this mall, filled with shops and restaurants, tunnels, so you don't have to go outside. Connected to the rink, I didn't go outside for five weeks because <laughs> you're just going back and forth in the tunnel from practice back to the hotel. There's plenty of restaurants oh, and yeah. shopping right there. All you need is a really cool setup that they have. <laughs> That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I, th- I thought it was cool when the rink was connected, like in Boise, when you go to training yeah, camp. It still has. I was yeah. like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, you just get done with practice, jump in the elevator, and go to your room. Yeah, it was always. <laughs> I thought that was cool, but at the yeah. mall that, that adds a yeah. whole another another part to it. Yeah. Um, all right, so after now you, uh, you you play your pro career, you mm-hmm. become a coach, yep. and your first year as an assistant coach is that is it the first year you guys win the championship? No, it was my last year. Your last year, okay. Yeah. How many years were you in Reading? I was in Reading like four years. Oh, okay. So I was there playing, and then I broke my hand, so then I just went behind the bench and helped. Larry. Our assistant coach had quit, and then like a few weeks later, I broke my hand, so I just helped our coach Larry Corville behind the bench. We went on a long playoff run, then he just brought me back the next year. I think I came back. Four more years. I think it was four and a half years. And then the last year is the year we won the the, the, the cup. Yeah, Kelly Cup. So how how do you find out about Utah? Is that just a um, – I played with a guy, Will Bodine. Okay. Yeah. Right? Played here right. in Utah. Uh, tough guy. Uh, great dude. And yeah. His dad was a New York City – or I don't know if he still is. He might be retired now. Uh, New York City firefighter. Yep. Um, so he was, in, he was in the 9-11 stuff. Great guy. I played with him in Augusta. And uh, so I always kept in touch with him and stuff. And he always, we came out here to play one time when I was playing in Reading. We came out to Utah. So I knew it was a really nice spot. And he always, Will always had really nice things to say about Utah. Um, so I always kind of kept my eye on it and kept tabs on it. Um, just thought it'd be a really cool place to go. I just always heard good things about it. And um, I actually emailed Kevin Bruder the year before because I had interviewed in Idaho. Um, the year before we won the championship, I interviewed Idaho. They picked Brad Ralph. Oh. It was between me and Brad Ralph. It's a good choice at the time to pick Brad. He's a, he's a good coach. Um, and so I, I went back to Reading, but I had emailed Kevin and said, hey, if you ever have an opening, you know. And then uh, Kevin Colley left. Yeah. Right? He got the job in the in Arizona, and I emailed Kevin again and then just started the interview process. And then here I am, six yeah. years later, yeah. Very cool. And, and – uh yeah, it's been fun having you here, and I remember when you first came in and watching your systems at first. Where where did you come up with your your schemes? Are these schemes that you had from so, Reading? The, yeah, the things that I used my first two years, and then we use them sp- sporadically here the last few years. Um, we got the, that was our we were affiliated with Washington the, my last year in Reading when we won the cup, and uh, so Adam Oates, and that oh, was the okay. year of the lockout. Remember, so that was really cool because the Capitals weren't playing. And then Adam Oates would come and spend a week with us. And uh, is it Callie Johansson would come and spend a week with us. Tim Hunter came and spent a week with us. Wow. Uh, Blaine Forsyth, who's still in Washington, he's the fourth guy on the bench standing right next to the head coach. Yeah. Blaine Forsyth is a wizard. Like, he's the mastermind behind that power play. Yeah. He's, uh, like, just to have these guys spend 
a week at a time with us was unbelievable. Um, so that was all uh, Washington system. So, and I remember Adam Oates was on T, uh, Pete DeBoer's staff in New Jersey the year before. Yeah. And so like a lot of like the four checking and the neutral zone, cause it's a l- little different, right? It's a little bit different. And he, he got that stuff from Pete DeBoer and then he brought it over to Washington. We did the same systems as Washington. Um, and that's, that's kind of where I got those systems from. Yeah. There, uh, I had no idea about any of that. It was, it was a super complex thing. And then on that power play, you bring that up. Cause I, I just remember one day e-bugging and getting sent down into that end when they were working on the power play and you had that, I don't want to talk too much about the system, but there's a point where somebody like a defenseman comes in and you wait for somebody to pick him up and then somebody rolls over. And then all of a sudden it seems like there's just a wide open guy coming down the middle. It's like, it's like, <laughs> and every time it always like seemed to surprise, well, it surprised me because I, I'm slow anyway, but I was like, where did that guy come from? We still only have five guys, but yeah, yeah anyway, it was a cool system and it would seem like, um, at the beginning of the season, you could see, like, I think your guys' first year it was a little bit of a slow start. Really slow. But as guys figured out the system and figured out how to how to go, it was like more of a cerebral thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. once guys caught on and bought into the system, everything started working, and then right. it's kind of gone pretty well since then. I think yeah. like, it's always fun to watch what you do. But now, do you? Uh, do the Avalanche tell you what you run or? No, they don't. Anaheim didn't either. Um, I would always, you know, get with. Dallas Eakins or um, Trent Yanni, uh, the coaches for Anaheim's affiliates, and just kind of figure out uh, what they're doing. But they weren't like, "Hey, you got to do this" or anything like that. So, but I always you, you want to kind of keep it similar. So this year we did a lot of the Colorado stuff. Yeah, um, some of it was different. A lot of it was the same. Um, some of it doesn't translate to our league, right? Like the way the Avalanche kill penalties. It doesn't. It doesn't translate well to our league. It's like the NHL is way more skilled, yeah. and so you got to be really cautious and things like that. Where the players, they're still skilled at our level, but they're not as skilled. So you can be a lot more aggressive. So a lot, some of the things don't translate, um, but w- a lot of the things we kept are you know very similar. So that when players do get called up, it's a very smooth transition. Yeah, that's what I was wondering because yeah. you have guys that are going back and forth. And yeah, this year it seemed like way more than ever, and maybe for sure. It's just it was. It's just because it's Colorado. They yeah, have, they, they seem to be. Ton. They seem to be really bought in on bringing they're, guys up from the coast. They're and, unbelievable. Yeah, it seemed like a great relationship. Who found that? Is that something a head coach in the East Coast League does? It just depends on the team. I found them. Yeah. So, yeah. So I I had when we realized we weren't going to be with Anaheim anymore. We uh, I reached out to to Craig Billington because I knew Colorado. Eagles were going to go to the American League. So, yeah. like, okay, well, makes sense. They're yeah. not, not going to have an East Coast League team. They get really good players. Like, I, I want that, you know? So, so I reached out to Craig Billington, and and then, yeah, the rest is history. And it, we have a really good relationship um, uh, with Colorado, and then the, just the proximity of everything. Uh, it works really well uh, for their for their system. And you can see all three teams made the playoffs this year. That's really, you know, it, that hurt us too, right? Because – you know, when the Eagles won their championships, their American League teams or and the NHL, they didn't make the playoffs. You know, so they get stacked with all with all their players, right? Right. Well, all three teams in our organization made the playoffs. Yeah. So you know, call the Avalanche are pulling guys from the Eagles. The Eagles including are including your from us, starting goalie, including right? Joe Canada, right? So yeah, and that's just that's the way it is. But if you look at it as a whole, especially from Craig Billington's point of view, and, and a whole from from Colorado, what an amazing job he yeah. did, and what an amazing job they did. Absolutely. And they're you know that's a, it's a really good organization to be a part of. I can't tell you how many times. 
the skills coach came in and spent time with us and the goalie coach and um, they really care about our players and they really care about this league for the development. Yeah, and I've heard from yeah, I was there for some of it. I hear from some of the players that they care about their housing. They care yeah. like the Eagles and the Avalanche really stepped up. Like it was like all the players really felt that presence and felt uh, yeah. appreciated. Exactly, you know, and validated as players. It's, that's, that's a pr- big part for this league too. Yeah, you know, I mean we're two steps away from the NHL. So if you get sent down to us, sometimes it can be a heartbreaker. You yeah. know, and it's like oh man, like. I was just in the American League, and I was so close to the NHL, and now I'm down here. It's great when they come down here because Salt Lake City is a beautiful place. Our facility is just phenomenal, yeah. right? And so it, it kind of helps a little bit, and our staff is great and stuff like that. So it helps, and we've always got a really good culture. But then when you can have a presence from the NHL club always down here, it really helps a lot for uh, player development and for to keep their spirits up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the Grizzlies are great in the community too. Like, yeah. I have two sons play youth hockey, you know, might and a squirt or mm-hmm. peewee, and there would always for quite a few practices, two players would always yeah. come out and hang out with them and skate and go through the drills and stuff. And I'm big on that stuff. Yeah, like that's like it. when I took over, and especially when Adrian Denny was here. I was just telling them all the time we we want our players out in the community, yeah. you know, and I I use that as recruiting as well. You got it's not about finding the right players; it's about finding the or finding the best ones. It's about finding the right ones, right? Yeah. So you know, I, I tell them right away when I'm recruiting, like, hey, listen, like, there's no complaining. We get out in the community, you know. There's no ifs ands about it, and if anyone has a hard time with it, we then you just don't you don't recruit them, yeah. right? So it's extremely important, especially in minor league sports. Yeah, for sure. And they all the players always had great attitude, good dudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. seem like they're great out there. Yeah. And that and you bring it up recruiting. I wanted to talk to you about. So the Avalanche give you how many players? It, it yeah, it just depends. This year we had, you know, uh, ten or twelve at one time. You oh, know? Yeah. it just just kind of depends. Uh, it depends on injuries and stuff like that. Usually in the beginning of the year, you're more loaded up. You know, so you'll have four or five forwards. Three defensemen, two goalies. Um, it just kind of depends throughout the year. And then we were, you know, we had quite a few for playoffs again. Um, you know, then then they're kind of up and down a little bit. But. Well, the two goalie thing is kind of new, right? In the East Coast League, it seems like the NHL team gives you one goalie, and then you got to go out and find the other goalie, and then you got to find the other ten players or or whatever to build out your team. What's and and that's honestly that seems to be one of the strengths of the better teams is their coaches recruiting. So what? How do you find players? What's what goes on behind the scenes for you to track down a guy? Um, you know, right right around now, and, and at the end of the season, we start identifying players or potential players that we could be going after. In January, uh, my assistant Ryan Ryan Kanasovich, my assistant coach, and I, you know, we're calling college teams, college coaches, to find out information on every potential college player that that's you know in their senior year that could be leaving right um so we've got a good database of 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 players that are that are coming out of college uh and you start formulating lists you know and then free agents free agents from the echl free agents from the american league um you start identifying potential players that you would want um and then just start going from there right start making phone calls start calling the players uh call the agents uh, start formulating uh, relationships. See, at this point, of this, at this point right now, though, um, you, we always go after the best players. So, <clears throat> even if it's a, an ECHL player who doesn't have any rights attached to them, um, the the best ECHL players they're waiting for American League deals, right. or an American or a player that played in the American League, he's waiting for an American League deal right now. So, really, 
you're talking to those players, you know they're not going to commit to you, right? But you're formulating a relationship with them so that if if and when the time comes that you know they're going to fall to our level, you know you want to have that relationship with them and that rapport. It's tough to to get those guys too. I mean, you've got you've got to make. Well, it's the same thing. Like when when I was coaching you know, double A or triple A, you're always looking for a guy that's at a triple A tryout or a mm-hmm. junior A tryout. Yeah. And you don't want to tell them, Hey, I don't think you're going to make that team. So come here. You want to, you, want to, you pump them up, you create, you know, yeah. like you say, you create a relationship, yeah. but then you've got to sell them on your organization. That's the part I think a lot of people don't understand. And, uh, you know, I follow all the Grizzlies Facebook stuff and you see one that fans complain about the early exit from playoffs this year. And I think they don't understand the part that you're just talking about. All three Colorado teams made the, you know, the Avalanche organization made the playoffs and that thinned out the talent or what you normally had or what you had going in. And then they also complain about, oh, this guy's not coming back or why don't we get this guy? They don't understand all the back channel stuff that goes on. And every, because a really good player, a top scorer, uh, has everybody calling him. So it's, yep. it's a lot. Of, and the teams we had, I mean, Last year, you guys. What was the final record for you guys last year? Man, I don't even know. It was unreal, though. Like you, it was thirty-seven, yeah. thirty-eight, and twenty-two or something. I'm not even sure. Yeah, I mean, you won most nights, and that was mm-hmm. it was it was yeah, a lot of fun great. to watch. We had a really, really talented team last year. Yeah, um, but that goes. You know, a lot of those players that we had, um, you know, they'll end up going to Europe. They'll end up retiring. Um, they'll end up getting American League deals. You know, something like that, right? A, a, ton, a bunch of them are going to Europe, right? So again, we're, we'll have a bunch of turnover. Canada, didn't he? He's Canada, um, Herbert, Downing. Oh, right, I saw Herbert. Know, yeah. I, I could see Yuli going to Europe. Uh, you know, there, there's a bunch of players that that will be. What's the big draw for those guys to go to Europe now? It's a way of life and more money. More money. Yeah. And uh, and we talked about it with uh, we had Evan Stofflin in here, and we talked to Ryan about it, Kanasovich, a while ago, and. Like that's an amazing opportunity to go just live in another country for a year, yeah. and just listen to these guys talk. Uh, you know, Stoffelis lived in uh, Romania, China, Scotland. I think that's that's a cool opportunity. Yeah, that's so really that's neat. that's another one of those things where you have to uh, compete against that. Yeah, I don't think yeah. a lot of people and, understand that. And some of those, and some of them, they get um, you know, go back to school and stuff, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Sure. So that's huge. Yeah, uh, a lot of guys go back. Uh, Greg Lieb even did it when he was playing. Yeah, when he went to England. Yeah, went and got his master's yep. degree in business, and now yep. he's using that. Uh, runs a bunch of uh, the Little Caesars. Right. <laughs> he's always on his phone running Little Caesars stuff. <laughs> um, all right, so the other part about building a team I want to talk to you about is big announcement yesterday on Facebook is that Chris Shornack, your equipment guy, is gone. He was a guest on the show also. We interviewed him when he was on the road. But so he... He gets pulled up to the AHL, and now whose responsibility is it to go out and find another equipment guy? Mine. It's yours. And where do you? <laughs> I, do, I do everything. Yeah. So, <laughs> where do you yeah. find an equipment guy? You just start calling you know what? assistants. To be honest, this was easy. This one, this one was really easy. Colorado's a big part of our organization. Yeah. Right. And so their equipment manager Tony Denzer with the Eagles, um, that our guy has got to work really well with 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 him. Yeah. Right. And it like if, if he doesn't get along with our guy, there's gonna be there's gonna be big problems, right? So um me, Tony, Chris got together, formulated some some names, um and then just kinda kinda took it from there, you know, keeping in mind that uh you know we're switching from CCM to Warrior. Oh yeah. So Which I'm excited about. 
Yeah. Which, it, which, it affects me zero, but I'm excited about it. <laughs> yeah, it affects us a ton. So you yeah. got to think about that. You got the American League using CCM. Oh, I didn't realize that they were still using you're going to have us okay. using Warrior. So that's going to – and how many contract guys are going to – you know how hard it is to switch sticks yeah. and switch <laughs> brands of equipment? Just like, like Colorado will send a guy down after pregame skate. Yeah. So it pre, he'll be up in, in Loveland using his CCM stuff, gets sent down here. He's going to be using – he's going to have to use Warrior stuff. That's going to wow. create a major problem. Or teams like Newfoundland where – Ten of their forwards are on American League deals. That's a that's a that's tough. That's hard to do, right? So um, that's going to create a lot of a lot of issues. So anyway, that's that's why it's even more important. Like find someone that's going to be able to work well. Um, and so those guys did a lot of the legwork. Okay, can't they just like wrap their stick with the uh, <laughs> warrior? Well, CCM I think I think there's. I'm not. I'm not. Don't quote me on this because I'm not <laughs> sure. I think there. I think we have like five exemptions oh, five, or something. Okay. You know, and and you get like. It's, and then it goes down to four or something. I, I'm not sure. I'm not up on all the all that stuff. That's the equipment guy's job. But uh, but yeah, you know, can you wrap it? it that's illegal. I'm sure some sure. teams will try yeah. to do that. Yep. Um, or just buy a warrior wrap and wrap all. Like who knows? Or just I, paint it black. All this stuff's illegal yeah. that we're talking about. But like you know, I wouldn't be surprised if some teams did it. Yeah, because a lot of t- so back in the day, I used to be an equipment guy. I used to sell equipment to NHL players and AHL players. And then out of nowhere came the CCM deal. And that was when the Grizzlies were in the AHL. And I already I had like seven or eight guys on the team using the stick uh, that, I, that I worked for and the gloves that I worked for, Eagle. And uh, it was, it was kind of crazy to try and figure out, all right, this guy's going to ex- get the exemption. Trevor Daly always used it, right? Mm-hmm. But it's always the top guys. The guys are going to the NHL and, and back. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think about that part of it. I didn't know that the AHL hadn't switched too, so that is huge. Because I mean, it's not just your stick; it's your gloves too, right? Like you can't just put your gear in a bag and go up. I mean, basically, what do you even take with you if you get pulled up to Loveland? Just, yeah, you just you leave everything. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, <laughs> a lot of teams are doing that now anyway, though, because teams like San Diego, Anaheim, or LA, where Chris is going, uh, they have a practice rink and a game rink, so they will have two sets of gear: one at the practice rink, one at the game rink, and the the equipment guy just brings the skates back and forth. Jeez. So those guys are used to it, but it's the same. They're using the same gloves there, the same gloves there. Here they're going to be using you know, different Different, ones. right. So different sticks. That's a big one. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that is a big that one. That is a big one. We had a worry, one of the Warrior manufacturers on the show a few weeks ago. So we're like we're – we got in on the knowledge there about Warrior. Yeah. We're, yeah. I'm a Warrior fan, but I mean I – I heard their stuff's really good. Yeah. So I'm excited. Well, I'm excited yeah. to use it when I'm standing there blowing the whistle. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the best part about being yeah. a coach. Is, and you get all the nice stuff too. You yeah, new gloves and right. stuff. But yeah, Chris, I've always I need new. I need new laces. Yeah, Warrior was the company that bought out the company I worked for. Okay. So when I worked for Innovative and Eagle, Warrior came in and bought out Innovative first. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, I'll just work for Eagle. And then like a month later, they bought out Eagle. So I all of a sudden was not an equipment rep. Yeah. But uh, it's great stuff. I know the manufacturers. I know the people behind the scenes there, and they're they're top notch people. Good. And, and good to hear. the Isaac Garcia, the main guy that designs the eagle or the warrior sticks, he's he's a cool dude, man. We had him on. He looks like uh, Lenny Kravitz, and he's, <laughs> he's awesome. Okay, so uh, you talked about you don't really have a favorite, but as we as the NHL is going to wrap up, we got Game Seven coming up yeah. in a couple of days. Uh, one, what are your thoughts? 
on these on these missed calls. First, like every Vegas Knights fan blames the officials on losing their would too. in their entire season on that 100%. Joe Pavelski thing. That's awful. Wasn't a yeah. major. No, it wasn't even a penalty. Uh, no. And that's th- that's the thing is I I felt that way. My I just made a post. I just said, well, the thing about this is that you've got the San Jose Sharks now limping in because Martin Jones. I did not think played well that first round. I said you got mm-hmm. a team limping in without their main guy Joe Pavelski. Mm-hmm. He's their spark plug, and a goalie that's not playing well. And my Facebook just lit up with people arguing. I mean, I'm talking 260 <laughs> arguments, comments, just guys ripping on each other. And I, I didn't even uh, I voice. I can't handle that stuff. Yeah, I didn't even voice <laughs> my opinion. Comma. I can't comma. handle it. My official opinion was it was not a major, was not a penalty. He went down weird, and uh, it should have never been called a major. And that, But yeah. you can't. You can't give up that many goals on a five-minute major <laughs> anyway. Like, you have to have some kind of a PK, right? Uh, well, if, first off, before we get into this, right. I just want to say... He's stretching now. He's getting yeah, ready to get into it. I just want to uh, say, it's like referees at our level. Okay, so think about that. There's one referee yep. at our level. Till playoffs, there's two. Okay? This is a really fast game. And so for a referee to have to cover goal line to goal line and tell you when a goal is scored, catch all the penalties... It's really hard on them. Right. Like, it's a fast game, and they've got to really keep up and know all the rules, and there's one guy out there, and it's really difficult. And we can sit there, and me especially, get mad at them all day. Okay? As soon as you get a good referee in our league, what happens? You get pulled up. He gets pulled up. Yeah. So we this league will always be uh, just like a player. The player gets good at our league, they get pulled up. So you're always going to be dealing with that at our level. Okay? And then there's only one because of costs. Plus, I don't even think there's enough referees. Yeah, right. That's another issue when you talk to them is 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 having they're 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 working so hard to try to get former players out there to be referees. Anyway, so that's one level. That's one issue. And then it's the same thing that carries up to the next levels. Is the NHL? This game is so fast. There's so much going on. Those those referees are really good. Like those guys deserve to be there. They oh. are really good. You know, but yeah, they've made some some bad calls. Throughout throughout the playoffs and that the Joe Pavelski one, yeah. in my opinion, is just awful. Like yeah, it was. they made a call because some someone got hurt and there was a lot of blood on the ice. You know, it's you know, it, now you now you raise the question, do you go after video review for uh, for majors at least? You know? Because in my opinion, there's not even a penalty on the play, much less a major penalty. You know, I can still can't even figure out how he was bleeding or why. It must be he just it must have hit his head on the ice, but uh, pressure wound, yeah. Yeah, pressure must have been or something. Yeah, you know? That's what it was. Yeah. Um but uh you know and you know Pavelski's a great guy. It's not like he was faking it or anything like that. We know that for sure. So it's just it's a it's a tough spot for the referees to get put in, but uh that was a really blown missed call that cost an organization a lot of money. Yeah. A lot of money. You oh, know how much money? Because sure. you don't yeah. pay the players in playoffs. You know how much money every NHL team is raking in uh, for every home playoff game? Uh, that's, a, that's a tough one right there to swallow. Yeah. And it, my other part of that is, okay, I wouldn't mind seeing them go to replay on a five-minute major, <laughs> even maybe just in the playoffs. Just make, let's just make sure it is a five-minute major. right? I, uh, major League Soccer, which has horrible officiating, has gone to reviewing red cards. And making sure, and, and they they do that in, in you know Olympic soccer, or whatever. That wouldn't be bad. But why can't? Why is it not okay for you to say in an interview after? Because those are paid professionals. If we can, if we can look at the player and and rip on every part of that player's game and go through every video, why can't we say, yeah, he missed the call, 
If you say that, or if a coach says that, they get fined. I don't. I mean, to be honest, I don't think if if a, if I don't know if a coach if he says you you know I think that's a missed call. Yeah, I, I think they just want to you know keep keep a little bit of professionalism to the sport. Yeah. You know, if you don't have something in place, more times than not, someone's going to be unhappy, and they're just going to voice their opinion. Um, you know, all over. So I, I, I kind of agree. Like, you know, maybe things shouldn't be said so much, especially post game interviews. It's hard. Oh, like, yeah. it's hard. It's emotional. Post game, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like even you know, especially you know me. You know, with with the interviewers, the the radio guys wanting to come in and talk. You know, a lot of times I you know, have to give five ten minutes. You know, to kind of cool down. You know, absolutely. Um, I mean, we're all competitors. We all want to win, and um, the referees have so much to do with the outcome of the game. You know, and sometimes you feel like you're on the wrong end of it, and that's just that's just human nature because you because you want to win. But um, I, I I think it's correct to have something in place. Like we shouldn't be commenting all the time. But the you know just like the NHL, when those guys mess up, they're not working any more games yeah. either in in the playoffs. Yeah, that's so that's so that's good. And and that and that got out there too. That got out in the public that the, these referees are no longer working the rest of the playoffs. Yeah, and hopefully it's a teachable moment for them, right? They're, hopefully they learn from that. And, yeah, and for and sure, they and are. you know, it's like, did I did I make that call? They're not doing it on purpose, right? And I and I totally believe that. <laughs> and what I used to tell my parents, you talk about you need five or ten minutes. I used to always tell the parents, look, twenty four hours. There's twenty four hours before you come yell at me for something that you think <laughs> we did or we didn't do. We have the same do. thing. Yeah. So we have a twenty four hour rule that we can't contact the league after a game. Perfect. Just for that reason. And I and I also used to tell the parents, look, these are, uh, you know, these refs, our refs at our level uh, are not getting paid well. And because of the constant, constant chirping, we're not getting any more refs. Like, people don't want to be refs anymore. Why would I do it for 15 bucks a game? Why would I go out there? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. The chief of my fire department just said, you know what I think would be great for these captains or the leaders in our organization that need more patience and need to learn more, you know, because we have guys – not in our not in our fire department, but you'll see on videos with police departments or whatever. You have guys snapping at, yeah. at bystanders or whatever. He said, "What we should do is start making our guys volunteer as refs yeah. <laughs> and, and little and little league and stuff." <laughs> I'm like, you know what? That's kind of funny because that's man, you funny. take a verbal beating, oh. and to think that our our chief thinks that you know a, a ref of minor sports probably takes more of a verbal a beating than cops and firefighters, and that's how you learn patience. However, I don't feel bad for the NHL referees. I heard that in one playoff series, they could make twenty grand. Really? Yeah. Oh, See, good. then yeah, that's some good coin. So that's yeah. some pre- one one series. Yeah. yeah. Then that's not their contract from the regular season. That's just extra. Yeah. You know? So when they don't get to work any more playoff games, they're losing out on a lot of money yeah. too. Yeah. So and so hopefully they're better the next time. Or, yeah. uh, do you know what an NHL ref makes for a season? It's six figures, hundred percent, easily. Yeah. Because you used to always hear about guys that were, you know, cops or whatever on the on yeah. their days off. I'm not sure. I think the linesman, and it depends on when he, how long you've been refereeing. But like when guys. Sign their first their first deal is is six figures, is is like hundred hundred fifty thousand. Okay. When they first like go from the from the American League and they and they move up full time, like they're making some pretty good is, money. Is there a lot of like players doing that? Like former yeah. players? Yeah. Doing because I mean, yeah, it's it's a good gig. Yeah, there there's there's quite a few, and then they're they're trying to get more. You do you th- do you think we're going to see two refs in the East Coast League anytime soon? No, no, no way. Too much, too much money and not you know, enough it guys. It used to be just starting out conference finals. There'd be two referees. Now it's all playoffs, so yeah. that's good. But I, I don't know. It's a business. You yeah. know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's a business. 
And I just, I don't know, especially, especially out here in Utah or Boise, we're out on an island. Yeah. You know? The hockey so island for sure. Yeah. We have, we have part-time local linesmen working with one referee. Yeah. We're like the, mm. the full-time guys who are up and down with the American League, they're out east, you know? And so because we're so far away, you right. got to fly guys in and out. That's the situation. You know, we, we need to get a deal with, with an airline like Southwest. I mean, every team flies Southwest. Right. You know, because of the free bag situation, right? You get free bags. So like, I don't know why we haven't – maybe we have. I, haven't, I don't know. But maybe, I don't know why we haven't approached Southwest and say, hey, let's get a league-wide deal. Yeah. You know? Trade but, advertising for getting another rough in here. You know, and then throw, <laughs> for, for in, whatever. throw in the referees. I mean, there's not that many airports and cities that don't have Southwest. Rapid City doesn't. Other than that, we fly Southwest everywhere. Yeah. That's a good idea. All right, so who takes game seven? I am going to go with Boston. All right. Not, I mean, that's not what team I like better. It's just I think Boston's going to win. They just have too much. I mean, Tuka Rask is on Un- a mission. Unbelievable. He's got night. something to prove. Then you have Chara, and you've got McAvoy, and you've got Marshawn, and you've got Bergeron. Like, you, they have so many players who have been there, yep. the pressure of the stage. You know, St. Louis's story this year is unbelievable from their coach getting fired and Chief taking over and Ott's behind the bench and, uh, and then Bennington coming up and saving the day. But I think Boston's starting to get to Jordan a little bit. He's got to, like, you know, they're bumping into him and he's bumping into yeah, them. See, you know, you, like, you see all that kind of stuff. Like, he needs to uh, not be involved in that stuff so much and, and, and focus on focus on the hockey. You know, I mean, it's all part of it. Um, but uh, he's done an amazing job this yeah, year, Jordan it, Bennington. Shouldn't be part of it for the goal. It's the same thing I was yelling at the TV last night when it showed him <laughs> skate up because he did it in the last series. Yeah, he got in his he, head he a little did it bit. With Dallas, yeah, and, and I'm like, goalie. you just need to stop. Just just play goalie. Let the other guys yep. bump into each other and do their thing, and just play goalie. And it's it's what an amazing. And he's unrestricted at the end of the year. Yeah, I think so. Uh, crazy. I mean, they, nobody had heard of the guy before. And he went know. on quite a run. I don't know if I'd sign him to a long-term deal, though. Well, because and we've talked about this too, because uh, it goes back to uh, Jim Carrey and Boucher and these guys that have gone on it. They've had amazing playoff runs one year, and then shouldn't even then, be in the league the next year. Exactly, yeah. it can happen. That's yeah. bizarre. It no, is bizarre, <laughs> but it but it can happen. Hundred percent. That's why I was going to retire after I got a shutout. In the, in the 11 minutes I played. <laughs> yeah. I know I don't belong there. But, but that was, that was that's big. also Yeah, but that's also about maybe changing teams too, right? And then the talent. Yeah, all, that know. too. Right. You go where yeah. the big money is. And all right. Very cool. Very right. cool. And, it, and just so you know, I don't know if, if they told you yet, but if I get one game next year, that's 20 straight years with one game with the Grizzlies. Really? Yeah. Like wow. playing? No, no. Or no. Like- just on the bench. I'm going for an e-bug record. <laughs> Planting the seed. You have more than Nick, <laughs> more than Nick Nieder? I don't know. You Twenty got, years. I I don't know exactly how many games. <laughs> I don't know exactly how many games everybody has because I have you know I I'm the I've got tons. But we were just I was talking about it with Jared Youngman a, a, f- a few weeks ago, and I'm like, man, this will be twenty. This will be the twentieth year. That's nuts. Crazy. Yeah. We should do like a ceremonial puck drop or something. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, great. So next season, we're, we've got. Do uh, you have a goalie in place? Goalie? Yeah. No. All right. Well, I'm available. I know. All right. <laughs> it might be. 
No, yeah. I, I saw the I saw the Canada left, and I saw your protected list come out, and I, I didn't see any goalie names on there, so I figured. Well, Leclerc, uh, Alex Leclerc is on that. The the kid we brought in at the end of the year, he's on that list. Oh, what call? He was a college kid, right? Yeah, Colorado College. Yeah, that's right. But he already signed in England. Oh, okay. Because I remember he uh, we had um, Nick Halloran in the other day, and we were talking to him about stuff, and he said his his goalie came in and finished out the year here. Yeah, that was very cool. Yeah, so that there, I think there was twelve guys on that list. Uh, my protected list, and so my season-ending roster that comes out on the fifteenth will be the exact same. Yeah, and you already lost the goalie off there; so he's already going to Europe. So, mm-hmm. well, crazy. I, we're looking forward to it. I mean, it's yeah. it's been fun. We're we're glad you're here coaching with the Grizzlies, and I, I think you do an amazing job. I love watching those systems, and uh, it's uh, very cerebral. Like I said before, it's it's fun to watch, and I'm excited to see the team you and the Avalanche put together for next season. I'm sure everybody is. I'm seeing people post about it, Jared. Youngman posted the other day, is it October yet? And, I mean, there are like 300 comments on there. People just, you know, chomping at the bit, getting ready for the next season. Yeah. So enjoy whatever golf and uh, summer that you get. <laughs> I know you're glued to the phone and bringing in new players and, yeah. and recruiting. So uh, good luck for everything. Thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks for having cool. me. Gary? Yo. Thanks for uh, being on the show. It is always good to be here in this room. <laughs> the hockey bunker, couldn't we call it that? Yeah, the there hockey bunker. The hockey bunker, yeah, I like yeah. it. Josh, thanks for being here. <laughs> he nods, he doesn't have a microphone. All right, everybody, that's uh that's it. If you, if you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, it's super simple. Just jump on kslsports.com, look for podcasts, we're right there. We're also on 1035thearrow.com. Very good. And uh you look for podcasts there. The easiest way though, just text the word PUCK to 57500. It'll send you back instructions, and then you'll get an episode every time we update. It'll just come right to your phone. It's like magic. And that's it. Thanks for joining the Utah Puck Report.